Welcome to episode five of the Contrarian Marketing Podcast, where we give you ideas you might not be thinking about. Today, we're talking about whether AI content is a tool or a toy. ChatGPT has caused a buzz in the tech world that rivals crypto. AI tools are sprouting everywhere and are likely to change the game for many. But are these tools really useful tools or just shiny objects? Can AI content ever be good enough to compete with human-generated content or not? Join the conversation on ContrarianMarketingPodcast.com and enjoy this episode. Eli, episode number five, still going strong. Stats are looking really good. Uh, I think we're having a lot of fun about this. Uh, how do you feel about our podcast? Honestly, I'm having too much fun. This is like literally my favorite part of the week. <laughs> Seriously, man. I feel like my mind space is, is, is like occupied the whole week about our topic and what we're going to say and, and whatnot. And I want to think a little bit, maybe for just a minute, about what cool future topics you want to cover. Uh, what's, what's, uh, what's one of your picks? I really want to talk about like consulting and like how I became a consultant, how you became a consultant, how that lines up versus full-time marketing and, you know, having an in-house job and who it works for and like how you grow it. Like, I think we could talk for hours about that. What about you? What are you thinking? Yeah. Yeah. Very much on the same page. One of the things that I love about this format is that I, I actually learn a ton, even if I'm not of the same opinion as you. I still like my opinions get better and I, I see different viewpoints. Uh, so you mean if my, you're incorrect, not of the same opinion, your, your opinions <laughs> yes. are incorrect. Or if, you know, maybe I want to slightly tune my opinions. <laughs> let's put it this way. Uh, yeah. But, it, you know, it's, it's, it's good practice, man. It's like, like the devil's advocate uh, type of concept. So uh, one thing that I want to play this through with is uh, TikTok versus search. Is TikTok going to replace Google or not? Oh, man, I'd love to dive into that. I'm certain we're going to be on the wrong side of this one between each other. <laughs> How can you not? But I think, you know, we're going to learn something. Audience is going to learn something. So anyway, let, let's do two more each. Uh, what else do you have? I, I used to do paid marketing. It's been years. And whenever I did paid marketing, it was only Facebook and Google. I feel like it'd be really cool to dive into whether there is even paid marketing outside Facebook and Google. Like, what do you, should you do it? Does Quora make sense? Does Reddit make sense? Does Snap make sense? Like, I'd love to, like, dive into it and learn more about it. Yep, smart, smart. Uh, another one that I want to do is Tesla, specifically marketing for Tesla. I think it's a fascinating brand. And, you know, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I posted that Tesla literally spends $0 on marketing, but Elon Musk is in the news every day. That caused a lot of stir up. A lot of people disagreed with me. Uh, and so I think we should we should go down the rabbit hole for this one. Oh, I can't wait to disagree with you on that one. <laughs> My, mine, and I'll bet we disagree on this one too, is I think that TV, radio, and billboard totally have a place. Like out-of-home advertising, totally have a place. Direct, direct mail has a place in marketing. But, you know, we're digital marketers and digital marketers love to ignore this kind of thing. Like, I think we can totally debate this one. And, and see where we stand and learn more about how to do it. Yeah. Let me just check my phone real quick. I think you have a missed call from 1980. Um, <laughs> anyway, we'll, we'll get back to this one. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe to turn a corner here. It's, uh, I want to talk about e-commerce. And, you know, in the same realm where, where you think that a lot of advertising happens offline, uh, I want to see, will shopping move online? You know, are we, gonna, are we facing a future where maybe in a couple of years, all the shopping is done online versus offline or is offline retail standing strong? Probably going to need COVID-23 to come back for that one, but I can't <laughs> wait to dive into it. Please, no. I have enough of that. Uh, wait, but we should ask, like, yeah, if the listeners have any ideas, like these are our things, but we're doing this because we want to learn things and 
do what people are interested in having us discuss. So if anybody has anything, definitely get in touch and find us on social media or you know, email us on the podcast page and let us know, comment on it. Let us know what we should talk about. Yes, the action is in the comments. Um, today's topic uh, also came through comments on our contrarianmarketingpodcast.com site. Several people wanted us to speak about AI content to, in, in preparation for that, for that topic, actually went out uh, to Google Trends and I compared the search demand for crypto with the search demand for chat GPT, which is kind of the hot AI thing right now. Uh, and a wonder, a wonder, you can see that the search demand for jet, chat GPT has actually surpassed the search demand for crypto. So I think it's pretty telling of what's going on right now. Chat GPT is just amazing. And it's really taken on like a life of its own because people are like asking questions and posting it. And I think it, it did uh, Sam Bankman Freed a huge favor. Like, like the guys committed, allegedly committed fraud. He's been in the news and all of a sudden everyone's like, no, 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 forget crypto. We got chat GPT. We're asking computers questions and he can keep going his conferences and talking, which maybe might not be the best idea, but everyone's <laughs> focused on chat GPT. He's still going to jail, man. He's so deep in jail. He, oh my God. God, I don't get like Avenatti. You saw he went to jail this week. Like, I mean, no. that guy was poking. The, oh yeah. He was uh, Stormy Daniels lawyers poking his finger into Trump's eye talking about like, how he's, you know, Trump's biggest threat. Meanwhile, he was stealing clients' money. Like, if you're stealing clients' money, don't go on the news. Dude, lay low, man. Lay low. That's, you know, <laughs> if you, for all the fraud committers out there, uh, if you're not in jail yes. yet and you're not exposed, just be quiet. Just be quiet, you know. When, when SPF went to that, to that interview, uh, everybody was like, he's never going to go. And then he went, and then everybody was like, uh, he should have never gone. <laughs> this just got him to jail much, much faster. Yeah, stay in the Bahamas. Just, yeah, get off of Twitter, <laughs> delete your account, throw your phone yeah. in the ocean. <laughs> Man, same with Elon. Just all these people, you know, just be quiet. Just don't, don't dig your hole any deeper. But um, anyway, um, our topic today uh, is AI content tool or toy. Uh, and as always, we have two different sides so that you learn more about the topic and make, can make up your own opinion. And for this conversation, I take the side of tool. I think it's incredibly valuable. And Eli, uh, you're, you're courageous to take the other side. So uh, I'll give you the opening floor. <laughs> well, I think it's totally a toy. I just you know, played around with it. It's fun. It's cool technology. It's, you know, my kids have toys that are cool technology. They talk to them, they, they beep at them, but they're toys. You can't bring them into the workplace and call them useful. I mean, like, I've been playing with this toy all week and like, you know, it, it knows some stuff. I asked it, uh, who is Kevin Indig? And it, it told me Kevin Indig is a marketing professional entrepreneur with experience in business strategy, content marketing, and digital transformation. He's the founder of Digital Velocity, a strategic marketing agency based in Berlin. So I didn't know this about you. But then I, I asked it some <laughs> other things and I, I just, you know, asked my good friend ChatGBT, can I trust Kevin Indig with my wallet and AI? <laughs> no, it is not recommended to trust Kevin Indig with your wallet. You should always manage your finances and personal items yourself and take precautions to ensure that your information is kept safe. So if this is what I'm going around the world with ChatGPT as, as my advisor, I guess it's a good idea not to trust you with my wallet. I, I don't know what you want. That's exactly true. You should not trust me with your wallet, man. Like, it's absolutely factually correct. Uh, I didn't Google it because I don't think Google knows anything any better. See, Google does know me as well. Uh, Google only knows my 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 persona. Chat GPT really understands me. All joking aside, all joking aside, okay? 
uh, this week I was writing an article and it was one of these tedious articles where, you know, you have like a really cool idea, but then you, you just face some friction. You're like, how do I bring this to a concise end? And what do I make of this? And just punched some questions into chat GPT. And it didn't give me, like, I didn't copy paste the content over, but it just helped me move forward at a faster pace. So my whole argument is that Midjourney, Stable Diffusion 2, ChatGPT, and GPT-3 in general, they they solve tasks for us. They don't replace us. They don't create all the art. They're not good at creating the whole article, but they're really good at, at, at small tasks that accelerate our work. And so I think there are tools. I would even go as, uh, you know, on a limb, and I would say that, I want to make two statements that are probably pretty bold. Uh, number one, I think everybody should use these tools to work better and faster and smarter. Number two, uh, you know, I think they're they're already solving small tasks for us today. That's not, it's not like in the future, but I think today. Uh, and I have a couple of of real use cases that I want to pitch you after your counter argument of things that 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 these AI tools can already do today to accelerate our work. So I think AI is useful. I wouldn't go all the way in it. It's a toy. I think. You know, ChatGPT AI content is closer to toy in the way it's used it's used today. But I think these things are great foundations. They're research tools. The same way keyword research, you go on SEMrush and Hrefs and, and all the other keyword tools out there, you do some keywords to find ideas and then build on top of it. That's what I think AI content and AI tools are good at. But it's not the be all and end all because that is where you really reach the bottom of there's just way too much content out there. Like, did you know there's 500 minutes of YouTube or 500 hours of YouTube uploaded every minute? Initially, when YouTube started, there weren't really video cameras out there. You had to have a like dedicated video camera. Now we have video cameras on doorbells and every phone has a video camera. So we've reached this point of video saturation. So AI content, AI content is going to give us this point of content saturation. So therefore, the content's no longer useful. Everyone can have content. There's there's no bar at all. Like I just threw in um, in ChatGPT, write me a thousand words in the future of SEO. There you go. Search Engine Journal, pay me for that blog post. So once the, once there's no barrier to just producing a thousand words in a second by hitting a submit button, there's just too much content out there. Like that's why I think it's a toy. It's useful if you want to learn something. Useful if you want to find facts, but not much beyond that. Look, here's here's the whole new argument. It is true that when everybody has the same access to the same technology, then that the output of that technology is not an advantage anymore. It's it's it, it dilutes itself and it's basically it's nil, right? So that, it, there's no added value anymore. And I actually believe that's true. I actually think that if everybody can create, you know, like like blog articles, that blog articles in general are not valuable any longer. But here's here's the thing: if you think about technology and technological progress, you realize that whenever technology replaced tasks in the past, like cars with transportation, right? Made transportation much easier, kind of replaced, replaced horses. All of a sudden, a, a completely new horizon of possibilities opens up. So to your argument, it might be true that when everybody has access to the same technology, then the output is not valuable anymore. But my, my current argument is that it will open up the, the horizon and the door to a lot of new possibilities, right? The whole central question in my mind when we talk about AI and generative AI and content is when you can create anything, what do you create, right? And so this whole idea of, you know, this, this whole playing field of prompt engineering, I think it's going to be a new edge and a new field where, where some, some people and companies will have an advantage and others won't. And the question really is, you know, what, what new fields of work all of a sudden open up when others have been solved by AI?
Well, I think the problem comes down to the we're using AI to talk to people. If AI is just talking to each other, so if if people have to make buying decisions and look at this terrible content that's written by bots to make that buying decision, that doesn't make a lot of sense. You know, you think about it, like everyone's going to start using AI for product descriptions, and then some company is going to come out there and be like, "Hey, here's our innovation. We're going to have humans write the product description, like a, a Woot, like Woot.com. Like you're going to use copywriting to sell something. That's going to be an innovation when everybody's using AI. But if we live in a world where bots buy from bots." That's totally different. You can say to your your Siri or your Google, like, I need this. I need like, you know, soft toilet paper. And then Siri and Google can just kind of look at what Amazon has, choose it for you. But again, if it makes a mistake, you're the one using the toilet paper. So it's always going to be hard to live in that world where AI is just working with AI. You know, eventually, maybe we'll get to the point where we can just like be in vats of whatever they had in the matrix. And then like our AI goes and lives the lives the world for us while we're just plugged in and like feeding it. But we're not in that world. And I think we're living in a world where like AI exists between AI, like planes fly themselves because they're flying against other planes. But when they're doing complicated stuff, we don't want the AI landing a plane in a storm. Or just read this great article about uh, cars in San, the AI cars in San Francisco, the self-driving cars in San Francisco, which have no drivers whatsoever in them, they just kind of stop and they just cause all this traffic. So you lived in a plugged in world where like AI was driving the cars, but other cars had AI, they would all maneuver around each other. When you have people on the road that they're going to hit and you have like other cars they're going to cause traffic with, that's complicated. And that's what I think about AI content. Yes, AI content's great for other AI, but if we're living in a people world that where people need emotion and people need connection, I don't know. I feel like it's not so useful. I think it's kind of the wrong wrong way to look at it. Um, you know, I, 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 I mean, first of all, to your point about the matrix, I would argue we're already halfway there. We're already addicted to our phones and spend, you know, we already carry our phones everywhere. So you can, you can uh, maybe argue about, you know, if, we, if we're not already living in some sort of like an augmented world. To, to your point about AI, I, I don't think that, you know, um, this will like completely replace everything. I think it will speed humans up. Right, so I, I did some brainstorming and I looked at how I already use AI for my own work um, and also for some of my clients. To be just completely frank, so there's a client uh, where we use GPT three to create content for for topics that have a very clear definition. Glossaries are an example, right? When you define a term and explain a term, most of the time, I would say ninety nine percent of the time there's a very clear definition and there is a right or wrong answer. And that's actually something where AI is already really good. Whenever you have clear boundaries or clear rules and limits, that's something that AI is already really good. And I would even argue that no writer, no human wants to write this, right? No human wants to write product descriptions or category text in e-commerce or these glossary term entries, right? You can spice it up a little bit, sure, but why not let AI do 80% of the work, and then you fill in the rest, uh, the, the, the 20 other percent. Um, so a couple of, of things that are brainstormed. Uh, one is the act of brainstorming itself, right? Uh, as I mentioned before, when writing this article, I used ChatGPT to just give me some ideas. I didn't, I didn't copy paste them, but just to keep thinking, keep breaking through a plateau. Um, another one is to unblock writer's block in a sense that the AI will just continue your article. And there is this tool called ByWord. Um, sorry, it's not ByWord. It's uh, Lex, L-E-X. The cool thing about it is you, you start writing an article and then when you're when you hit a, a roadblock, you type in three plus signs and then it will just expand the article for you. And you, the, the goal is not to let it write the article, but for you to then 
like see how could it continue and do you agree or do you disagree? Uh, number three, quick outlining. There are some some tools like Byword, for example, that allow you to very quickly come to an article outline, and then you can you know you can take it or leave it. You can add schema markup to your text with GPT three or with uh, with Jasper, which I found really interesting. By the way, ChatGPT does the same thing. Uh, try it out; super interesting. You can find spelling errors and improve your writing. I mean, spelling errors have been solved for a long time, but you can already run your writing through uh, an AI tool and say, hey, make the changes to a style of, of Shakespeare or changes to a style of, you know, Tolkien or, or Malcolm Gladwell or whoever your favorite author is, suggesting images and graphics, right? Canva just added a text-to-image feature that is based on uh, on AI. You can just write a prompt and it will it will give you suggestions. And, and some of that is really good. The last couple of blog articles um, uh, or my blog articles uh, all had images from Canva that were created with AI. And then you get some really amazing auto-suggests. You know how when you write in Gmail, it will sometimes uh, autocomplete your uh, your sentence? That gets a lot better and makes writing so much easier. Totally agree. Those are foundational tools, and these are things that help you get to that next human level. But the idea of going to a place where like you're only conversing with AI and AI does everything, I just think that just brings us to a terrible place. That just brings us to the matrix. For anybody that's watched the movie Her, where like someone's wife or girlfriend, I don't remember, was a computer. Like we don't, we're, I don't think we're ever going to live in that sort of world where we're kind of one in the same with AI. AI is going to live on its plane and we're going to live on our human plane, probably sitting there scrolling through TikTok videos. But still, we're living in a world breathing and eating food and, and talking to other humans most of the time. And AI will talk to AI. It's when we start thinking that we're going to get to that level of like we're, one, we're on the same the singularity where you were using AI to create content for people and it's just as good as people and has the same motion. I don't know. I just don't, I I'm optimistic. I don't think we ever get to that world. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm partially with you there. I don't think we'll ever, you know, um, I don't think AI will replace everything, but I think it's a, I think the, the tools that are coming out today, they, they, they create a hype, not because AI is good enough to do all these things perfectly today, but because the next step is so clearly visible, right? I would argue, and you can hold me accountable because it's on record, that in 12 months, the flood of amazing AI tools that, that do some things amazingly well is going gonna, is gonna to be incredibly overwhelming. And I think we can see that today with the release of things like ChatGPT. And that's why everybody is so excited. Yeah. Uh, again, I, I think my, my, my stance, my opinion varies a bit from you because I think we can already leverage AI tools today to make our work better. But I would not outsource something completely to AI that does not have incredibly clear boundaries and uh, and rules. Totally I think agree. that's that's kind of my, my 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 stance here. I think you can use AI when you're probably for tasks that you were already going on Upwork and paying someone ridiculously low amounts of money to just write little bits of content. But if it's writing a book or writing a a journalistic research piece that's trying to compel readers to do something. I don't think we're there yet. Like I asked, uh, I asked ChatGPT if Kanye West was a was an anti semite, and it told me definitively no. But that's probably because it, it it's not updated as to the latest. But again, I don't think you can completely rely on AI for things that are not don't have defined boundaries. You can rely on AI to, again to write, like you said, product descriptions, category descriptions. There's a lot it can do. And one thing I would say is ChatGPT, what it does is not completely new. Siri and Google Assistant have been doing that for a long time. And those are featured snippets on search. Anything that has very defined answers, a single answer will exist. 
I, I read the article in the New York Post. I don't know where else it was quoted about whether Google's going to be replaced by AI content, by, by things like ChatGPT in two years. And Paul, I think Bukai is his name, the founder of Gmail, said it will. Honestly, I don't, I don't think so. Because I think there's so many other uses for Google where you're, you're, Google's curating for you. It's giving you 10 results. And you're choosing the thing that makes the most sense for you based on what you found. If there's a single answer, featured snippets and, and, and Google Assistant and Siri were already doing that for you. But if you need to decide who is the best plumber based on their distance, based on their pricing, based on their services, or you need to decide where should you go on vacation or the things you should do, ChatGPT, Google Assistant, Siri are never going to be able to do that because you need to understand your own personal needs. And no AI, no engine will ever do that. You need to go and curate that yourself. Yes, maybe Google will get better personalization, but it's not going to, it's not going to be you. It's not going to have human intuition. What do you think about that? See, here's, uh, here's where I agree with you and where I disagree with you. Um, I agree with you that I think Google has an, a window of opportunity now. Granted, they're one of the leading researchers and, 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 and investors in AI, right? They, they, they invented some of the models that make uh, this, this technology so good, like, like Bird and Transformer, Transformers. And I think they have a unique window of opportunity right now because they have so much access to data that, that OpenAI and all these other companies do not have. Quick sideway or, or side uh, combo. Uh, Microsoft is one of the biggest investors in OpenAI. They invested over a billion dollars. And uh, some people speculate that Microsoft will use GPT on Bing, the, the, data, uh, the, you know, the data that Bing has, uh, to advance it and to get some unique advantages. So there could be an interesting race between Google and Bing. But I think Google still has that unique window of opportunity because they have all the data, they have the technology, and it's, it's going to be interesting to, um, to see how they react to that. But where I slightly disagree is that Google is kind of addicted and, and attached to their business model, which is advertising. And it also lives from people searching on Google. If there only was a single answer to everything, maybe you can, you can kind of squeeze in a paid answer, right? Where we say, oh, before I give you the, 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 the best answer, I'll give you the paid answer. But people are probably not going to love that, right? So the problem with AI, uh, and we spoke about this during our conversation uh, on, on um, the device assistance and whether they will fundamentally change marketing. But the problem with an AI result, a single result, is that basically there's, there's very little room for advertising. And how do, you, uh, you know, how do you then build a business on top of that? And where I also disagree is I think an AI could actually help you find the best result as long as you are clear in your criteria. As long as you actually say, look, I want the cheapest plumber or I want the plumber, plumber with the closest proximity who can be here the fastest because water is leaking in my apartment. And fun fact, I actually tried that out. I, I actually went to chat GPT and I typed in, uh, you know, who's uh, the best plumber in uh, Chicago. And uh, you know what, what chat GPT answered? It didn't know because it, it's not smart enough. It's not a human. <laughs> <laughs> You're, kind of, you're almost right. Uh, it, it doesn't have an answer, but that's because it doesn't have access to the data, right? It, it, it told me, hey, look, I'm just a trained model. Uh, I don't have access to this type of data. And that brings us back to, to, to the point, right? As well, there's your monetization you, right there. You, if Once Google can say, you know who's the cheapest? Guy that paid me the most money. You know what? Maybe, maybe. Uh, I actually think that licensing the data and licensing the model, right? Like I think making that paid is probably the better model than advertising. So if you want to use AI, pay $5.99 a month or whatever, right? Uh, and then you can use it. I think Google has to charge customers directly if there is only a single answer. Otherwise, the business, there's just no business model. 
It'll be really fun to see where this goes. Well, let's, uh, we're not going to agree here. Let's wrap up with some predictions. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think happens in 12 months with AI content? Do you think there's more or less content being written by AI? Like, where, where does AI go? Look, I, I'm, I want to go out on a limb here. I already have a strong opinion about this, and I, I want to underline that with a prediction that is a high likelihood for me to be wrong, but I, I still want to, I want to put it out there because I actually, I do believe that in 12 month, months, 80% of marketers will use an AI tool every day in their work. I agree with that being when you lower the bar of what AI is. So I think we're already doing it. I mean, we're using it, like you said, in Gmail, a spell correction, all of those tools are using AI. But what I would say is I'll bet in a year from now, in 12 months from now, we see Google and other search engines have some way of identifying what AI content is. And I saw a post the other day about how AI content is going to have some sort of watermark. So you'll know it's written completely by AI and they're going to remove it from the index. So the same way, I don't think anybody in the SEO world would ever use Google Translate to create translated content because it's terrible and it's obvious to Google because it's Google. I think that when it comes to AI content, no one's going to say this is the, that I produced 100,000 pages using only AI content and I didn't edit it at all. If it's watermarked, you can of course edit it so you get rid of that watermark because you're just Again, using AI content as a research tool and building on top of it. But just to launch pages with AI content, that means there's everyone can do it. Even if there's a subscription, you just pay for it. And then useless content just polluting the world. So that's my prediction. My prediction is there's going to be some sort of dam that holds this back. But if there is no dam that holds us back, we're screwed. That's my prediction. Interesting. See, I, I disagree. And it's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out in 12 months. I want to slightly refine my prediction simply because it's, I, I agree, there's, I leave a little too much, you know, uh, room here. So I want to say that 80% of marketers will use an AI tool every day that they haven't used, um, you know, maybe until until the release of chat GPT. Agreed. All right, we, we got something we can agree on. So it'll be interesting to see. Let's, let's uh, mark this date. In the uh, you know, end of December 2023, we'll just see who's right here. Yes, we'll see who's right. And we, of course, we're keeping track of all of our predictions. So you don't see this, but but Elon and I, we have a, a spreadsheet where we collect all of our predictions. We're going we're gonna to come back to them. We're going to see uh, who's right and who is wrong. And we want to hear your predictions as well. So if you agree or disagree with either Eli or me, uh, disagree with Eli, <clears throat> uh, you, should, uh, you should let us know. <laughs> no, of course not. No, let us know. Join the conversation. Uh, join us on contrarianmarketingpodcast.com, uh, Twitter, LinkedIn, wherever it's most convenient for you. But we, want, we want to hear your take as well. And all together, we'll come to, we'll come to the truth. That being said, Eli, uh, we want to, want to introduce a new short segment here at the end of our show, uh, which is the cool purchase of the week. Uh, so what's something that you recently bought that's, uh, that's, that's worth sharing? I like this idea of talking about a cool purchase. So I uh, am obsessed with Google products because if I'm being tracked, I might as well have their products and benefit from great products that they create. So every year I get a new phone, a new Google Pixel. And this year, I guess the Google Pixel wasn't selling that well. So what Google did is they had a Black Friday sale on the Google Pixel 7. Instead of $599, they sold it for $499. And they... Uh, paid $490 to trade in my Google Pixel 6. So I got a new phone for $10. <laughs> and I don't know necessarily what the differences are between a 6 and a 7, but I'll always take a brand new phone over a year-old phone. And I assume that there's better hardware in it, but that's it. So that's my cool purchase. I love having new devices. I spend more time on my phone than 
even in my bed. Ten dollars. Wow. I think I can beat that. Uh, my cool purchase of the week is this fun clip for pens to attach to books. Uh, if <laughs> if you what do you do a, with the, what do you do with a pen? I, I write. It's it's just like it's old technology. Uh, you know, <laughs> you, you like you you push the button and then there comes out a little pin on the other side and then you can you can draw images uh, and pictures and and write words in on paper. It's like this old What's thing. What's the battery that, life of? <laughs> you don't have to charge it ever. Yeah, ever. You don't have to charge it. It will just run and die, uh, run, run, run out at some point, but you can refill it. So maybe maybe the, the symbolic battery charges maybe <laughs> once a year, you recharge it. <laughs> that's it. Uh, all jokes aside, here's why I love this. Um, I always write into paper books. I love paper books. I read a book, I read like the first 20, 30 minutes every day. Uh, and I love to take notes so that I remember and that I have, have a conversation with the author. And it's a pain in the ass to always carry a pen and paper with you. But uh, this little clip makes it super easy. And so my purchase, my cool purchase of the week is a little book clip that uh, that keeps your your uh, pen attached. It's kind of an odd purchase for someone who thinks AI is taking over the world. <laughs> <laughs> or is it the right purchase, Eli? I guess. Unplug. <laughs> Just okay. put aluminum foil all over the house. <laughs> We're going to try that next. Uh, but before we do that, let's uh, let's let's wrap it up with some uh, resources. What's your resource of the week? I would strongly recommend that everyone go and spend some time watching The Matrix. I think there's four of them. Watch all four of them or three of them. It's been a while since I've watched The Matrix because that's the world that Kevin thinks we're heading into. And you also might want to watch the movie Her because that's also part of that world. Her, incredible movie. Matrix, love it. But the fourth one, man, no. Nah. That was that was a massive disappointment to me, but uh, to keep it to keep it in line with uh, movies and shows, I want to recommend Westworld, uh, incredible show that unfortunately has been discontinued after four seasons, uh, but it's an amazing one. Uh, and the whole uh, setting, just to keep that super short, is that uh, humans can buy tickets to um, places and uh, little you know uh, cities or towns that are completely populated with robots that are indistinguishable from humans. And they can play around with, you know, what happens when I have no morale, or when I kill everyone, or when I do other things, right? And and it's a very interesting thought of experiment about how uh, human behavior. So uh, obviously very related to AI. Uh, I'm not going to spoil the show, but I can strongly suggest uh, and recommend watching it. Oh, that reminds me. There was that movie. Now I got to Google for it about uh, the video game that became real that came out last year. Jumanji. <laughs> No, no, no. Free guy. See, this is why I love Google. See, Google AI. I The query I put in was movie about video game that became real. Featured snippet was Brain Scan, 1994 movie. Never heard of that. But the, the results, the video results are the trailer for the movie Free Guy. So it's a, a movie about a guy in a video game that he comes out and everyone else is, they're like video game players. Uh, again, that's part of that Matrix kind of world where everyone's living in fake realities and AI and all that. So watch these movies and decide if this is the the world you want to opt into and and and, to, and stop using AI or get deeper into it. <laughs> yes, and let us know uh, what your thoughts are. Are you using AI tools today to create content or not? Do you think we're crazy? Do you think we're right? Um, share your opinion with us. Uh, and Eli, I think this is a wrap. We'll uh, we'll 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 talk next week. 
And now it's your turn. Head over to contrarianmarketingpodcast.com and subscribe to the free weekly newsletter to get a summary of today's episode, key takeaways, and community content. And while you're there, go to today's episode and leave your opinion in the comments. We'll feature the best thoughts in the newsletter and on the podcast. Also, if you like today's episode, please feel free to leave five stars on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. As always, thanks so much for tuning in and here next week.